0: Henchwya back to the Blood of Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from cultsploitation.com and I'm joined with my co-host Martin. How's it going? Pretty good. We are in the 80s red hot action summer. And it's pretty, um, that, that name really sticks right now because we're we're in a Hey Arnold style heat wave right now.
1: It's one of the best episodes of Hey Arnold. S-
0: sweltering.
1: The fucking jolly Ollie man.
0: That's right. Um, and so we're celebrating the red hot. 80s action summer, um, with a bunch of various films with, you know,
1: hot sweaty men doing manly yeah, things.
0: Absolutely, a very um, non-homo podcast.
1: It's very cis.
0: Absolutely. So um, we've got a bunch of stuff on the show for um, for the summer. So to, to, to fit with this heat wave, we've got a bomb pop beer. We're talking about. Action movies, sweatiness.
1: Fourth of July is coming up, too. Which now, we, you know, absolutely.
0: So, so we're ce- we're celebrating America, of course. The way the with founders the- intended. With a nice Chinese movie. <laughs> um, last week we did Predator. We started our 80s action films off with Predator. Um, and if you listened to that, maybe you took some offense to it. We probably
1: lost all our viewers. We, yeah, listen, probably. everybody. at that point.
0: Everybody decided to drop ship.
1: Like, they're like, these guys are fools. That's right.
0: Um, I know Michael quit exploitation because of it. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just kidding. You um, know what we should do when we have, like, hot take episodes? Put, like, you know, a uh, little fire next to, like, like, when you drop it. Yeah. You so know, like, <laughs> tune in, folks. There's going to be some hot takes.
0: Here. That's right. So, you know, you're already, like, on the lookout for, for our... uh
1: I don't even really think it's that hot of a take, though.
0: It's not. I mean, I think people are just...
1: Nostalgia. Yeah,
0: nostalgia-driven, accustomed to thinking of Predator, and for some reason, Predator has, you know, really been a big part of um, pop culture, and um, it is what it is. We we called it like we seed it, and... Uh, that's how I feel about Predator, and 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 I didn't realize I was going to feel that way until I watched it. So, so for this episode, we decided to go a little bit of a different route, and we um we wanted to do a Jackie Chan movie, which is uh, admittedly something that I'm not really uh, well versed in. I've
1: it's code for Martin wanted to do Jackie. Chan
0: that's so. true. That's right. Um, I have not seen many Jackie Chan movies at all, especially his his early output. Um. I've seen a couple of his movies from, like, the 90s, um, other than, and, and actually I was doing a little bit of research and uh, seeing, like, the posters, and I'm like, oh yeah, that movie, like, The Medallion, which had a really, really cheesy, shitty movie poster and, and stuff from the 90s, but... Um,
1: I can't say like, I've seen, like, a bulk, I've seen, like, enough, I've seen, like, a good chunk of, uh, like, his Hong Kong, like, Hong, some of his Hong Kong films, I've seen, like, a really good chunk of his... Uh, uh, american films Marshall... I, so I, I i would definitely want to see a lot more the so filmography i'd be very interested in going like straight down the line kind of mm. seeing how he progressed as like an actor stunt coordinator and then as a director
0: mm. yeah martial arts films in general are are something that i don't have a i'm not really well versed in it's it's part of like cult film that i have not followed too often um and even even more so like so there's there's various elements of the the um, martial arts movie, too. So, like, there's the wuxia of the 60s, you know, from, from Japan. Um, then there's Japan and China. And then there's, um, you know, more of the martial arts that we think of, like, Bruce Lee-style martial arts from the 70s. Jackie Chan movies from the 80s. I'm not well-versed in any of those. So, this is kind of eye-opening for me to see... Uh, the Jackie Chan output and and it really got me interested in it. Obviously, um, you know, as we'll t- as we'll talk about on the show. Uh, but the film that we're covering specifically from Jackie Chan and one of his probably one of his more uh, famous movies in general is Police Story, um, which I had not seen before. Uh, I think you had seen it like probably once
1: or twice. Like uh, like two times. Like I said, back in the way I got introduced to this uh film and at least the first couple films was um if you youngins out there don't remember, FX used to do like uh D V D with you know, with side commentary movie. Yeah. Not well not dinner in a movie, but like D V D with side commentary. And it had like two hosts like in between like the breaks who like it was like a guy and a girl. I can't remember. Like, yeah. Check this out. This is a really cool part that's featured on the D V D. And it usually led to being like it was just the X Men films they played all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um but there was for like one weekend they played Police Story one, two and three. I don't know why, but they did. I watched them, love them. Somebody so, picked up the
0: trilogy on DVD.
1: So, I mean, so it was, uh, <laughs> it was something that's always like kind of stuck with me. Like even like you know, sixteen years later, like wow, you know, these are really good action films. Mm-hmm. You know, and those were the with the dubs too.
0: Yeah, yeah, they played the dubs on uh, FX, huh? Yeah, they, they couldn't get away with playing any like Cantonese or anything like that.
1: No, not in two thousand
0: five. No way. What
1: w- w- would have been, you know
0: and and to be fair for this podcast we watched the um sub we did not want to put ourselves through the english dub
1: it's laughably enjoyable
0: though. yeah i mean it, i'm sure it's a different experience because you're getting uh a very awkward <laughs> english dubbing um that i think is not that great right i mean even it's not only that it's not great but it's not even uh, by like 80
1: standards it's, it's not like
0: authentic to the actual script either is it um, did you did you did you feel I like i can't really remember yeah.
1: like there being too many big differences it's just like it comes off as like you know stereotypical like you know <clears throat> Bad seventies martial arts films, like "Ha ha, you fool!" You right, know, you right. Know.
0: Very, very enunciated English yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, that that tends to happen with a, with a, not even just um like Chinese or Japanese dubs, but but any of those dubs from the seventies and eighties. Uh, even like Italian films and Spanish movies. Um, for some reason, and it must have been a school of thought at the time. It was just like really enunciate the dialogue uh, when you're doing your dubbing. I don't get it. Um, you know, and, and, and dubbing has really come a long ways. A long way. And part of that is probably because of... Not just in film of, and, ev- and everything. Right, yeah. You know, just think The of proliferation like, of animation and things like that, but... um, Yeah. Uh, video from, games, from, et
1: cetera. From, you just gotta think, you know, just 20, you know, 25 years ago. Think of, you know, yeah. Resident Evil on PlayStation. Like, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty terrible. Um and so you know i i obviously didn't watch the the dubbed ver- version but um we saw clips of it from youtube because it, the whole film is dubbed on youtube if you want to watch it and um yeah it sounded pretty
1: subs on pretty there pretty hilarious which is where we yep,
0: got it. yep the sub is on youtube as well uh, good quality too so if you are interested in watching police story and you don't want to Go out there and like try to find it on uh, Blu-ray, and I'm not even sure if it's on Blu-ray yet.
1: Yes, yeah, so it, it is. They released, I think, a couple years ago mm. on Blu-ray.
0: Um, you can find it on YouTube first, and just like give it a watch and see if you like it.
1: I actually think I got a 4K release.
0: Mm. Um. Nice. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Police Story uh, was a film directed, written, or co-written, uh, stunt coordinated, and then starring Jackie Chan. Uh, so he pretty much ran the gamut. He even does the uh, the end title soundtrack as well. Uh, so a man of many trades here, um, which is probably, you know, when you're a guy like Jackie Chan, that's how you're going to get your films made is you do it yourself. You know, especially at the beginning when you're start, first starting out. You do it all yourself. And it, it, he has the ability to do that. And that's kind of interesting too, that, you know, Jackie Chan has the ability to... Be a leading guy with charisma. Be able to direct a film and, and write it.
1: It's not his first directed film. It though. is not, yep. Um, <clears throat> the Fearless Hyena is. Yeah.
0: And, and and then not only that too, but but do all of the stunt coordination on it um, and do a lot of your own stunts too. I mean, th- all of that is really uh, something that we need to highlight as a big part of not just what, you know, like police story as a storyline or as what you get on camera, but the context behind the film as well, you know, all that went into it. Um, it's a pretty loving creation from Jackie Chan. And um, I think it shows in the final output. So um, certainly something to think about when you watch the film and, and uh, you know, recognize the effort that Jackie Chan put in to making it.
1: And just the creativity that he puts into like his stunts. Yeah, like it's not it's not just like holy shit balls when you see like the stunts that that they do. It's the like creativity that he like a lot of the stuff that he puts into like, you know, things in the environment, how to manipulate him in the, you know, mid-fight. Mhm. Yep. That, you know, you don't ever see from like, you know, anybody like doing that. Usually when like fights happen, they're just like straight up fights. Here he's like manipulating, you know. Clothing racks and everything around him, you know, swinging them around. And then, like, fluidly, like, you know, ducking around them and moving it around and then attacking. It's all, you know, very unique and uh, incredibly well thought out.
0: Yeah, and you don't normally get that from something like a Marvel movie or Just, uh, Justice League, where, you know, the environment does not become a part of the, you know, the the fight arena which I think is really interesting about how Jackie Chan did a lot of his stunts. Um, as you said, you know, he's using, it's not just, you know, how do I maneuver in this fight or how did the how does it co- get choreographed so, like, I hit someone and they fall backwards. It's other objects, outside objects that have to come into play and the props that need to be available. Um, definitely a really interesting method of, like, choreographing and filming those those fight scenes in action.
1: It's just how damn athletic he is. Like, watching him, like, you yeah. know, leap over shit with, like, ease and then, like, you know, you know, jump off a tree then, like, onto something else, like, mm-hmm. you know, then get a better advantage. Obviously, it probably was a couple of takes that they'd have to do for that, you know, but still, it's, like, just the ability to do that's ridiculous.
0: Did that give you, um did it make you feel like you wanted to go out and do that, or did it just make you feel like a, like a fat-ass, like a bigger fat-ass? No, lady? at
1: my age, like, when I was youthful, like, you know, and watching, like, Rush Hour, Worthy, would do the same thing. Like, at the end credits, you'd see, like, all the temp at stunts and, like, the goof-ups and fuck-ups, and it's like, oh, you know, it took a couple of tries, but look at that, you know? And that's cool, I want to try that now at my age, and, no, it would be like, I'll fucking break it. Collarbone. I'll be out of work for a year.
0: <laughs> I'm a yeah. lard ass, and I know it. It's
1: like I can't, I can't afford to do be, being doing that, you know. Especially with, you know, I'm paying for my own health care. That's, that's so, true. You, know, so. you have
0: to think about the deductible and yeah. the co-insurance, and then when oh. you're a kid, you don't give a shit. No, yeah, you, know, like, you can do whatever you want.
1: You know, you put your family in the poorhouse when you broke your arm skateboarding. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So you were, yeah. So, so I guess now watching it, you were not. <clears throat> um influence to go out and try no, it. No, I was
1: just like, holy shit, wish that was me. Stop, you're no. like
0: you're like it's not. You know, I wish I was that athletic, but I'm not going to work towards no. it.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going no, to continue to because even here. even if even at peak peak Martin, like if I worked out and trained, I I don't have that god-given talent. It's just not there. There you no matter how hard you work in life, you will never be LeBron James. Yeah, and there's... So, it's like, don't you like, you know.
0: And sometimes there's just things, like, physiological things in your body. that Like, it's not, you can't do it. You literally physically can't be the same shape as Jackie Chan. Yeah, so. Yeah. All right, let's take a break from our our talk about police story real quick. And we're going to talk about the beer that we have on the show, which is very patriotic, very uh, relevant to July 4th. And also...
1: As I say, fun fact, every time you crack one open, that... Shitty, schmaltzy song from the 80s that you had to sing in school. You know, and I'm proud to be an American. You know. Absolutely. Hold, on, what, hold on one second. That's what you hear every time. From and the, I'm proud to be an American. From the lakes of Minnesota to the heart of Tennessee. I hate that song.
0: It so smells much. like the meadows. <laughs> <laughs> it um, smells
1: like the bog water down in Maryland.
0: So we're going to talk about one the, the beer that we have on the show. And then we're also going to talk about um, Beer Fest that we did. Now, normally we do a Beer Fest in February, and we talk about it on the show. This year, because of COVID, there was no Beer Fest in February. But they always do have a summer one, so we we attended the summer one this year. We I have some like, thoughts on that.
1: I feel like with that, too, because of COVID, probably wasn't their best foot <laughs> It's
0: true. It's true. We'll talk about that in a second.
1: So the beer on the show
0: today... Is from Duclaw, which is a uh, Maryland brewery. Um, I'm a pretty big fan of Duclaw. Yeah. I try to get their new stuff. Um, I don't know if we've ever done anything from them. Yeah, we have. We did.
1: I think we did the sour beer on here.
0: Could be. Um, oh yeah, the the um, Nerds one. Yeah, I think we did. I'm a big fan of Duclaw. I try to get different things from them. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes they're uh, really big hits. Sometimes. Uh, somewhat of a miss. Um, the creamsicle IPA that I had from them was a miss. Um, but other than that, like they do pretty good styles of beer, um, different styles of beer. Like they have the Sour Me series. Um, they have the um, sweet baby. Yep, the Pastryarchy series. So they try different things, and I, I like that about them. That they're that they're you know doing different series, and it's not just you know the next sniper. So um, I do try to go and get duclaw as they come out with new stuff. Um, they have a new one out, um, that is in 12 ounce cans in six packs, which we thought was kind of interesting. Uh, it's called the little sour me America
1: and it's a bomb pop style sour. So before we get into it, what's the better summer sickle, the firecracker or the bomb pop?
0: Yeah, you're going to stump me on that one because I'm not really sure what the difference there's di- is. There's a difference. The yeah,
1: firecracker is like the skinny popsicle flavored one. Okay. You know, it's shaped like a crayon. bomb yep. pops are the fatter ones. They're, those ones aren't made by popsicle. I can't remember who makes them, mm-hmm. but it's not popsicle.
0: So that's a good question. I don't really know if I, I would have to, like, put them back to back because, I mean – to me they're not really distinguished so i can't really answer i feel like i'm probably had firecrackers more often than if you put it that way that it's more like the crayon style yeah i've probably had those more often um but i don't really know I don't really know so are you <laughs> saying that the crayon one is like your traditional popsicle it's
1: like it's just like this red white and blue red white and blue cherry yeah. lemon yeah Blue rasp, but
0: it's in popsicle form, like just like a like a circular. It, it, no, it's, it's a,
1: a, it looks literally like a crab on a stick, and it's like red, white, and blue, and it's like a fire, like a little firework.
0: Okay, it's really okay, skin,
1: it's really skinny though.
0: Really skinny, and then Bomb pops. are is... the fatter
1: ones. There's still only like one like stick like stick in it, but someone else makes it. It's still like red, white, and blue, but they're like fatter. Someone mm-hmm. else makes them, so they're a little bit different in hmm. taste. Okay. Well, I which... didn't realize this until like a year or two ago. I'm like, wait, there's... I thought they were the same damn thing. <laughs> like, you know.
0: So what's your favorite? I mean, the the flavors are the same though, right? Like I think the... I like
1: the Bomb Pop more. I, like, I think I like the Bomb Pop more. The firecracker just didn't have the same oomph to it. Okay. The Bomb Pop seems to be like slightly richer in flavors. Oh, oh
0: okay. All right. Well, the Lil Sour is meant to mimic a Bomb Pop. It's got the cherry, raspberry, and lime flavors rolled into one in a sour. Um, and I think they make it with puree, like cherry puree, raspberry puree. It all goes into the the mix. And um, what comes out is a pretty good sour. Um, I think that it does have the cherry, the tart cherry, and the, the raspberry flavor. I think the lime may get lost a little bit there. I don't get a lot of lime to it.
1: It's a little snappy tartness. Yep. In the middle. Uh, before you get to the blue raspberry, which is a lot like a bomb pop because by the time you're like get through the cherry, the lemon's like falling off. And you only ever get that little bit from it. And then you get the blue raspberry. Yeah. So you don't get to enjoy like the best part, the lemon. This lime, though, right? Isn't it lime? No, I thought it was lemon. Lemon?
0: Huh. I think it's lime. It's lime.
1: Well, oh, it's supposed to be
0: lemon. The I can want. says, can says lime. I don't get a whole lot of lime, but I do really like this beer. I think it's really tasty. Um, as, as a sour, I think it works really well. One thing, if you've heard us talk about sours on the show before, you know that we, we sometimes complain that um, at times, no matter what fruit you're using to make the sour base, they all come out to be tasting approximately the same. There's always a base sour flavor that doesn't tend to change very much between sour beers. And that can sometimes be an issue. Here, I don't get that. I definitely see that there's, I get that taste of the tart cherry. I do taste the blue raspberry. um, And I think that that works in this beer's favor. I think it's really refreshing. I could see myself drinking this uh, outside on a hot summer day. You know, and, and, and in this case, we're drinking it inside on a hot summer day. Um, I definitely enjoyed this one. Uh so I would I would recommend it. And again, it's it's available in six packs, in Good. twelve ounce cans, which is interesting because generally Duclaw puts their stuff out in, uh, tall boy sixteen ounce cans in a four pack. Thoughts from
1: you? No, I agree. I like it. It's definitely something new and refreshing. Mm-hmm. A nice idea. Totally. I can totally get behind like taking different popsicle flavors and be like, what do we get if we try this, you know? Yep. Imagine like a fudge sickle sour.
0: <laughs> oh, a fudge sickle sour, <laughs> yeah. huh? Um Artisanal's trying to do the same thing. They're, with the
1: warheads, yeah.
0: Well no, uh, um with their uh snow cone series. Oh. They're like trying to do different, you know, almost like ice cream man flavors. So you get snow cones, you get like cream sickle, you get fudge sickle. Um, they plan on doing that throughout the summer, so it's an interesting idea. I like it. Um, I I like the execution from Duclaw. So if you could find this, and I assume that you can, because Duclaw is actually pretty extended now. They have a extended reach throughout the United States. If you can find the little sour me, give it a shot. It's
1: definitely worth it. dollars eleven ninety nine for a six pack. It's not a bad deal.
0: So, at the beer fest that we went to in Saratoga... Um, Boston was, Spa. Boston Spa. This was our first time going to the um, the summer one, which is outside. It's at a fairgrounds. And um, so, we decided to check it out since we didn't get to the February one. Um, one thing that we immediately noticed was that uh, it was a little bit um, lazier of an execution for, for the uh, summer one. Now, to be fair, it is outside. Um, so expecting a whole bunch of taps is sort of asking for trouble but at the same time um there were not that many taps available there was a lot of stuff from cans and it almost f- seemed like the people putting on this this uh brewfest had gone out to the stores and just like grabbed what was available from each um each brewery in cans because really, they were just pouring from cans that were pretty readily available from anywhere that you go to around here. So it wasn't like we were getting something like exclusive to the Brewfest or or something that was hard to find. Most of the stuff that you were getting was pretty easy to find. Um, you know, not not not, like not, that not something was some, that's exotic.
1: I was say not, not only that some breweries weren't even there that they were supposed to be there.
0: Yep. Yeah, so it it definitely felt a little bit lazier than we would expect from the February one because the February one does have a lot of taps, you know, they're serving draft, people bring their kegs, um, and they bring special things, too. They bring things that you might not be able to find um, just anywhere.
1: Sam Adams was represented there by cans of Wicked Hazy. Yeah,
0: Yeah. right, which just begs uh, the, you know, what we were talking about with you know, it was a little bit lazy. It was almost just kind of like they got cans of stuff that was available and, and they poured it out. Um, which is fine if you're not really looking to, you know, get crazy or you're not really looking to sample specifically new things. You just want to drink. But for us, we go to Brewfest to try literally new things, like things that we may not necessarily find around here. And so I did find it a little bit disappointing that you know, one, they didn't bring out like special kegs of certain things, and and that it, it felt too much like it was, you know, just kind of put together haphazardly and slapdash. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 how I felt. Slip shot. Know? I definitely would prefer to go to the February one.
1: If that's it was, what's, I, like I said I don't know if it was because of COVID just wrapping up, everything starting to open up, where it's like. It was last minute, like, you know, like, er, yeah. like it's like, you know, or what, if that's the case, maybe we'll have to do it one more time and see what it's like. If it's like that again, I would never go again. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fun to be with you and some other friends, but overall, it was just like... And it was balls hot. There wasn't, like, enough, like, food trucks, like, and they weren't even really, like, food trucks. There was, like, carny food. Yeah. Like, you'd expect to get, like, at a fair. Yeah. Yeah, and the you know, food trucks thought, were not great. Um... Yeah, you know, like I said, like some like Saranac was supposed to be there, they weren't even there. Um, honestly, I felt like the only person that was there, like representing the breweries, the Ford Orange and Founders, because there was a guy wearing like a Founders button up yep. there who was enthusiastic telling people about like a couple of things they had on tap, like the masagave and stuff. Mm-hmm. So other than that, it just seemed like they just had you know. Random folks being like, yeah. And that
0: other guy with the mustache that served you. Yep. He was from the brewery as well.
1: Yeah, well, I was going around complimenting men.
0: Complimenting mustaches.
1: Beautiful mustaches. Why not? Come back. That's
0: right. Join the club. So that was our Brewfest experience. It was was all right. Um, You know, fun to be there while you were there, but uh, thinking back on it, um, certainly was not worth $50 in my opinion. That's quite steep for what we got. Because I probably could have bought all of the ones that I tried, you know. For yeah, $2. you could have yeah,
1: just like you know, yeah. Hit up the store and like Like I'm gonna build my own six-pack. Get eight, OEL. yeah,
0: eight different beers for for that price. So,
1: all right, but don't forget the axe throwing.
0: Ah, and there was axe throwing You're and, and
1: a hatchet throwing and I've a woman me.
0: with her with her booty sticking out. Yeah. Who's leading the ha- axe throwing? But that's that was one thing that I was talking about. Was like it is not a great plan to have people drinking heavily, throwing axes, and having that that hatchet you know <laughs> potentially bounce back and hit a long line of people because it does happen. You know, a poorly thrown hatchet with it hitting like the the stubby end of the hatchet and then bouncing back. It can happen. And then you got somebody in the the line that's going to get hit in the face with that hatchet. Not a great plan. But suffice to say, we didn't do the hatchet throwing. Because it was all the rage. There was like a huge line for it. We did not bother. We could do that at our house. Yeah. (laughs) We live in upstate New York. We can throw
1: hatchets. Well, as you just learned, it's pretty sad. In your 32 years of existence, um, upstate New York's a big place. It's you gotta be a little. Basically,
0: bit... just not New York City.
1: Exactly. So you gotta be a little. You gotta be a little bit more specific. Yeah. I guess in, so. In the region, we're we're uh, Adirondack's Capital District and Mohawk Valley. We're all three of them.
0: We're pretty far upstate, but not all the way upstate. All right. So let's talk about police stories. All right. So the first thing that I want to point out. About police story. What a name! Well, what a name for one, yeah. For police one thing. story. Police story. Very, and I think that suits the movie as well. Very simple. It, this is what it is. It's a police story. And That's it. Um, but the the one thing that I wanted to point out right away is that when I started the movie, I thought. I, for some reason, had gotten a bad copy on YouTube or something where it started at the end of the movie. Because <laughs> I was like, what in the 80s cocaine is going on right now? It's like, you know, you're really thrown in to the mix of what's going on. You're basically getting a crash course. You see Jackie Chan and his peers in a classroom. This guy's a bad guy. He's a drug guy. He runs a business. He's bad. We're taking them out. Here's a witness. Get to the witness. We're going to do this. And then it's like fucking, like the whole, it shifts. It's like, you know, and you're watching that and this is happening. And then all of a sudden you shift to the day that they're actually doing the, you know, the undercover event. And it's like, boom, you're just thrown into it. It's, it's very quick. It's very spontaneous.
1: But I do love that police briefing because they all have like they're all sitting there at their desk they all get like pick up your you know your dossier read what you know you that, well, get the read one that's your, assigned read you read your, your yeah read roll. your yeah read what you need to do and what you're supposed to, you know what you're supposed to do and then the information you need to know and then they're all running it through a paper shredder like sign, like you yeah, know yeah
0: literally like just go Look. line by line just go up shred your file and get the fuck out of here. I
1: mean, that's I love that. That's awesome. That's like that's really like you know badass. Like all right, we're going right because it's it's
0: almost like like look how organized this team is. They are given a a file. They need to memorize that file like right now, this yeah. very minute. Memorize your role. You got it. All right, shred it. It doesn't leave this room. It is a cool little scenario of just like operations. Just imagine, like, like, you
1: know, someone like, Oh shit! What are you doing, Tim? Digging through the bin like ah, oh, fucking
0: forgot. <laughs> yeah, digging through like all of the little paper, pieces of paper. Just like ah, oh, like, uh, what was it? Was it was it Gardner? <laughs> <laughs> what? what?
1: What's, uh, what's my alias again? Ah, oh, fuck. What's the code word? I forgot. <laughs> yeah, but well, that's really cool. Yeah. Um. But no, you're right. It definitely is very generic. Like this is Chew. These drugs. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's like what kind drugs. of drugs? What kind of drugs is he dealing? Like you know, cocaine, opium, marijuana, drugs.
0: It's drugs, just, just drugs. Just take our word for it. It's drugs. It's bad. You know, whatever, whatever he's dealing, it's bad and it's
1: drugs. And you know, thirty five years later, um, doesn't look too good. Like all the damage they cause over someone just selling some dope, Someone's selling some drugs.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Because because <laughs> now watching, like in police story, you're kind of just have to take their word for it right you're just like all right he's selling drugs he's a police guy says he's a bad guy so he's a bad guy in in the viewer's mind like there's nothing else to go on there's no context so you're just like he's a bad guy so now when we're talking about this and certain drugs have now been legalized and you know like you've got in canada you've got fucking mushrooms are legalized and we've got widespread marijuana legalization um what if this business guy was just like, yeah, I sell pot on the side sometimes. And like, Ooh. we're fucking taking down a shanty town. We're fucking, uh, you know, having shootouts in the city. We're, we're fucking uh, having martial arts matches in the mall. Um, and this guy's selling some pot on the side. <laughs> it's just, yeah, the context kind of matters now, but.
1: Um, it is fun. I mean, drugs are still very, very taboo. In Asia, Asian countries, yeah. like, you know, obviously, like, you know, uh, China, Japan, like, even like, you know, like, like marijuana is like a huge taboo. Like in the Philippines, too, you got like their <clears throat> president riding around with people and mowing down drug dealers. And I think we could clean the streets. We can
0: probably, based on the 80s and based on the what they're giving us of, of film context, it's probably something like opium, heroin, cocaine. Those are the probably the big three here that we're talking about and maybe a mixture of them, but the film really never goes into it. It's just kind of like, this guy
1: sells drugs. He's bad. He's sweaty all the time yeah. and he laughs. So that's how you know he's yeah. evil. Like, yeah. You
0: know, he's,
1: <laughs> he's got a constant, boss, it's a 40 degree day. What's going on? Oh. you know,
0: on the other side of things too, though, if we are dealing with a businessman who's just selling some weed on the side he sure is going through a lot of trouble to to you know to like assassinate his witness and things like that so as it stands he's not a good guy regardless even if he is only selling weed but the context a little alone you know you don't get anything from this movie to to tell you exactly what's going on behind the scenes and I thought we would I thought there would be like this you know this breakdown at the beginning we get a real quick like here's this guy it's almost like uh, you know like any of your spy thrillers or your bond thrillers or something where you get a, you know, you're getting that like rundown of the information real quick. And then maybe they're going to launch into that later. Like, yep, this is the reason why we're going after him. This is the reason why he's a bad guy. But police story is very simple in the, in the way that it tells a story, um, which I think is pretty much to its advantage. It just does not go into that level of detail. There's just not anything going on here. Um,
1: I appreciate with how truncated and against the nuance that it is. Because it's like simplicity, but done right. Mm -hmm. Like, you just need to know this guy's an asshole. He sells drugs. Can't be having that. Because today, like, you know, like, maybe if they had some restraint, you could see him, like, you know, in his, like, plant, like, you know, his plant where they're processing the cocaine or heroin or whatever. You know, making it into the final product. They would, like, you could have, like, a clip like that and be, the film would either, wouldn't be probably better for it, but wouldn't hurt it. Today, it'd be, like, a four-hour operation. I'd, like, come, we'll show him down in (laughs) Colombia, you know, getting the drugs and, like, this is my plant and my operation. And here's my, you know, my servants and stuff and how I'm doing all this stuff. And it'd be, like, hyper-nuanced and it'd be, like, all right, just, you know we're just here to see Jackie Chan, you know, blow some shit up.
0: And the um and you know the film doesn't really make much attempt to go in to actually give you um any view of the villain. You know, we get like maybe one or two scenes where we sh- we're seeing him and he says, you know, he puts the hit on his witness. Um and stuff like that, but other than that, you don't really see a whole lot. Um you know, you're not getting it from their perspective, so it doesn't really matter. You're just saying the uh the dedication that Jackie Chan has for his position as a police officer. Um, And you get that from the very first 15 minutes where I thought we were in the climax of the, you know, the, the end of the film. And I, I was seeing the events unfolding that, that were the end of the movie, and I th- I thought I started it in the wrong place, but nope, that's the beginning. You get a very like- action packed fifteen minutes at the right at the
1: start of the movie. I like that they're held up in this shanty town, and no one can hear the fucking tractor trailers turning on a dime to like you know block the road, <laughs> and you know hear yeah. the pitter patter of like fifty men like storming up this you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah up this hill. I just like I mean like like the, like I mean because again we're not from Hong Kong and we're not. Incredibly well versed in like Hong Kong history, so like, why is there a shanty town? Just as there was that was that a thing in the eighties? Like, was homelessness a thing in the eighties where you had people building shanty towns because they couldn't afford housing? Potentially, it, I guess. Was that maybe, a thing? Who or knows? Maybe, this... maybe
0: there was. Maybe it was too. Uh, you know, Hong Kong was too um, populated, and they like had the outskirts of Hong Kong where like they don't, these like, homeless people lived.
1: Yeah, like like they don't even mention that they're squatters until no. like way later in the film. It's just, like bandied like casually like said like oh the squatter town you know it's like would never have known i just would have thought these were people who were poor and living in like a yeah a shanty town off you know out of the city
0: and clearly the police have no real sympathy for these squatters at all because at the end you know at the end of that 15 minutes jackie chan is driving a car through their fucking entire town Ripping through shanties and literally blowing up anything that is
1: not. Well, that's not true because they do say, you know, they're, they constantly do say like there's civilians, and yeah, they're children. Yeah. Watch out for them. They even they even point out too, like they... watch out for expo- like the explosives and flammables. And you do see like the one part, like people like throwing propane tanks and putting out like. uh They do care blow- for the
0: safety of the citizens. They don't care for the. The abodes of the citizens. Well, it's
1: probably not supposed to be there anyway. So after they're done chasing after, <laughs> these drug- tear it down. after they're done chasing these drug lords, they're going to give them all citations. I <laughs> like you're illegally squatting in the
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean the opening scene is really cool though, especially them driving through the Shantytown. It's a very like it's a very action packed scene. Clearly real, clearly practical effects. You know, it's not something um, that was just done with you know models or something. Um, very cool opening that has a lot of stuff going on for like the first fifteen minutes, and what it reminded me of a little bit was Mad Max Fury Road where you have the opening sequence that just doesn't really let up for a while and i I like that a lot about this movie because it's it goes it's from, simple it's yeah it's simple, but you know the action is there and it's very uh very engrossing you you're once you once you're in you're in um because you go right from that Shannytown explosion to Jackie Chan literally running down a a bus um, a, you know, and then stopping it standing in front of it with guys flying out the windshield. It's a great moment, and the film has a lot of these little moments of you know creativity that just work really well. I would,
1: you, you forgot the best part of the Shady Town brawl, uh, gunfight is, is his friend pissing himself in terror. That's
0: tr- That's right. I forgot that. Yeah. Yep. A li- that, par- that shot a guy and then pissed himself. That
1: part was a little unnecessary. I thought, kind of.
0: You know what, though? At least that guy was hydrated.
1: Yeah.
0: It was, it was very, very clear, very clear very pee. Clear, you know. Very clear pee. So. Yeah, guy might be scared out. Like of his I know, mind.
1: I, I know they were like showing because he's constantly like you know you yeah, were seeing him have nerves and stuff. That part I don't know if that's supposed to be played for laughs at that point. Or I don't like, know. Or
0: I mean, the whole fi- first fifteen minutes seems pretty serious. So I don't really think that that was supposed to be played for laughs. I think that was just like, which you know. makes it
1: all the stranger when like when you get the quieter some quieter moments later on when you have you're juxt, you know got that juxtaposition of like Jackie Chan during those moments like being very serious and like you got to stay calm and fight and then like later on he's like ah,
0: I'm yeah 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 i did think that was interesting and that leads me to like the, the talking about um the rest of the the film especially when you get it past that first 15 minutes and you know now Jackie Chan kind of becomes a hero in the film's eyes um you know he's been he's getting photos taken of him uh, he's on the cover of m- magazines and newspapers, and um,
1: very Rocky Two, askin, yeah, know, with the whole because the whole first like half of Rocky Two is uh, after the fight where Stallone loses, he gets all these endorsement deals and stuff, like, and you just see him like making like you know taking all these like making all these commercials and stuff, and he's like. I don't want to fight. I'm paying me to do stuff, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, you yeah, gotta keep doing it." And he's like, oh, "I don't feel like I'm, you know it's right." And you can see that kind of same thing yeah. here, where he seems, you know, he seems out of place being like the the poster boy for the police department.
0: But um, what I, you know, after that, it really kind of morphs into more of like the slapstick Jackie Chan. You know, we don't get as much of a serious role from him later on. He's
1: it's not like twenty minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's a he's uh you know we get more slapstick, we get more comedy, we get more um of uh Jackie Chan, you know, kind of um yeah, like you said, being more of a goofball. Um, you know, he's not not as serious in the rest of his roles that he does within the film as he is in that first fifteen minutes, which seems like it may be maybe a little bit of a poor design, like, directorial choice to have it be so serious at the beginning and then go more into Slapstick, because I definitely was not expecting that. I was not expecting, like, later on, you know, when he sets up the um, the fake, you know, murderer attack uh, with the mask and everything, slasher style. I wasn't expecting that. Um, if
1: anything, I would say um, that comes across as weird. I'm fine with the Slapstick, because he does it so well, and he's... God, it's so planned out and meticulous, and how he like maps it all out. It all works perfectly. I think the issue I is he's got this. He's this award winning officer, you know, the end all be all of what you should aspire to as a police officer. And then as he's bringing the witness, you know, uh, Selena to, uh, you know, his house. You know, and then his girl, like, oh, I forgot it's my birthday because I work so hard. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then, like, you know, <laughs> my girlfriend May's there, and then she sees me bringing home this scantily clad woman, and she slaps the cake, and then I'm just going to be, like, a chauvinist. Like, this bitch, you'll learn and apologize, you know what I mean, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I can have tons of, you know, that comes off as kind of, you know.
0: Yeah, it really comes out of nowhere. Because
1: um, he doesn't seem to have, like, an interest in Selena like, that way. Like, you know, he's... Right.
0: Yeah, and, and, and not only that, but the um, the whole birthday part is kind of like surreal, almost like the way that it plays out. Happy birthday! All of a sudden, there's people there wishing him happy birthday, and he's like, "Oh yeah,
1: it's my birthday
0: too!" It kind of just comes out of nowhere. Well,
1: same thing too. Like the whole like even before that, when you had like the killer, like that the killer, which is his friend, that he had dressed up try to scare her because Selena's like, "I, well." Let's go back a little bit. So after the whole car chase thing, you have the inspector, uh, not the the superintendent, uh, Raymond, basically say, you know, we caught him, but we need like evidence. We don't have hard evidence. But we have his secretary. We're going to let her go on all the charges. And we're going to use her as a witness against them. And then Jackie Chan is going to be her bodyguard in the interim. And then, so that's where all this hilarity kind of ensues, and so, like, you have, like, the whole, like, she doesn't need help, I'm a strong, independent woman, but Jackie's a dutiful man, he's like, no, I'm gonna protect you, and he gets his friend to come down, like a jalo, like a JALO scene, yeah. right? like, you know, with the knife and the way it's kind of, you know, shot and stuff, and the mask... I don't know if that's supposed Black to be a, like you know like a Michael Myers tribute or like a New Year's Evil the way Yeah, that, it like almost
0: man- it looks a lot like the New Year's Evil mask. Yeah, yeah. you know,
1: um and then like what's supposed to, at first is kind of like a tense scene it becomes like oh it's just a, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely that kind of comes out of nowhere. I I mean, I don't mind it. I don't mind the slapstick elements. I just think that like there's the um you know, from between the first 15 minutes and then where it goes from there. Um, And actually a lot of the film kind of drops some of the action in the mid towards the middle of it. You know, there's not a, not like the same amount of martial arts action that we get at the beginning. It's, it's um more so relegated to the beginning and the end is when you get all of the action.
1: You get brief moments like the car yep. fight when they're leaving her apartment afterwards, like you know the car fight, on, which is pretty, really well done. Yep. Um, it's brief, but it's re- you know really well done. And then you get like the whole chase sequences at like when he's trying to escape later on. Yeah. But it's mainly like you know.
0: Yeah, the two big set pieces are beginning and yep. end. Um, and and in between you get a lot of the the more. Um, Jackie Chan situational elements. Um, and there's even a courtroom scene where, uh, they're you know basically laughing about uh, Jackie Chan playing a tape that accidentally picked up um the conversation that he was having with Selena in his apartment where she actually tricked him into taping over uh the where confession she got a that she made. cactus on her butt. Yeah,
1: she sat on a cactus so, and she.
0: There's, it's almost like, um, double entendres that happen in that.
1: You got me all wet.
0: <laughs> and, uh, so there's some, you know, some, some, some laughs there as well. Um.
1: I really like the part where, like, the play is like, play it louder, play it louder. And also, like, <laughs> this metal song starts playing. It's like, yeah. wait, wait, no, no, it's an old tape, it's an old tape, it's an old tape. Wait, wait a second. And then it starts, like, you know.
0: What I liked about the courtroom scene, and I don't know if this is real or not, but, is that the. The lawyers are wearing wigs. Yes, that's I part love of that. Is that part know, of their uh, justice I don't, system?
1: I don't know if it is still to the state, but that's an old British uh, common law courtroom thing. Is uh,
0: well, British, right? But not
1: well. What was Hong Kong at the time?
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess so.
1: It was still in Britain position, uh, Britain hand, British hands until 1999. I think it's honestly. That's why it, that's the whole plot of Rush Hour is they're really, Hong Kong's going back to Chinese control in 1999. That's part of like one of the plot elements in yeah. Rush Hour.
0: It still is funny to me though to see, <laughs> to see, no, the it's, it, it's it's
1: part of Uncanny Valley. Like I said, I yeah. don't know if they still do it to this day, but I do know it's something from old, you know, British law tradition.
0: It's a great, great addition. And actually, so, so in. Police story. You kind of get a little bit of everything. You get, you get your action. You get your martial arts.
1: Dick Wolf you get, saw this and he's like, I, I can make law and order out
0: of this. Absolutely. You get, you get a nice little courtroom drama for the uh, you know interim twenty minutes or so that you get of uh, the courtroom case. Um, you get, you know, like a bodyguard style like protection storyline. You get a lot of stuff in this. It, it goes different places. You get slapstick. I like that. I like how I like how it maneuvers between different ideas, um, because it is you know not just your everyday martial arts movie. It has a lot going on in it, and um, it has a lot of really good stunt work. The stunt work is,
1: which we didn't even talk about. We, the, we haven't, yeah. The, the, the bus because we got distracted for a second, but like the whole bus bit where he's hanging off. Like, yeah, God that's damn,
0: that's like, great. Yeah, of just the bus driving around and. Especially the scene where it goes around a corner and you see him, like, holding on to the umbrella, flying off the bus. Like, just literally just holding on to the umbrella. He's he's fully off the bus. It's great work. You know, it obviously... It's all
1: practical, too. And, it's like, again, like, credit to the man for, like, you know, having, like I said, like this vision of what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. And then going through, like, I'm going to fucking do this because it's like... Yeah, yeah. And of the, some of the stuff that he puts, like, the people through that he, like, you know, like, you can't do today because there's too many, you know,
0: rules l- about and it. Then laws and yeah. stuff.
1: Like, no, you can't have people come crashing through in these cars, you know, through an exploding town and all this <laughs> other bullshit. They'd be like, yeah, that's a little too unsafe. You can't do that.
0: Some of the more impressive things that happen, too, is, like, the choreography that requires them to be able to jump in the right position like when there's fight scenes where they get kicked th- literally into the center of a glass table or something
1: and fold up it, perfectly. Y- yeah. Into I it, mean, or like I thrown, mean thrown down like the escalator and like fit perfectly. in. like, yeah,
0: those are the, the scenes where you're like, okay, you know, choreography is one thing. Like being able to actually like fake the punch is one thing, but being able to like land in the exact correct position or, or, you know fit into that position that you need to to be in to get the shot that's you know even more impressive and i think that's what comes out in police stories
1: not only that too the whole like you said like the whole using the environment as a weapon
0: mm-hmm.
1: and making it part of the fight yeah that whole bit in the mall where he's fighting and then using the clothes rack and swinging it around the ducking under yep and then like Again, it's not, it's something that he's done in several films where he's done things like that, manipulated the environment to get these kind of effects. But it's like, god damn, like, just like, how fluid it all looks, and how natural it all looks. It's something to be like, just, like, you're left in awe. Like, you don't have to like this film. You can think of, like, it's, it's like, trash. What well, It's, you know, but, like, you have to at least be, like, amazed by like how the hell did they do that yeah because it's so like well thought out so well planned out and so well executed like how many takes did they do that did they get it one and done did they have to do it a billion times yeah you know like, were, were
0: they pulling out like eight different you know sugar-coated glass tables you know, you know how many times did they do that cleaning up the, the set and stuff to to get it ready again it's it is a marvel in some ways of how they got all of this done
1: um, I don't think a lot of the stuff that, uh, a lot of the glass they use was, like, sugar glass, either. No? Yeah. Because they were saying, like, a lot, uh, one of the big, when I was reading today, like, a lot of the glass effects were really hard to do, be- and, like, were really damaging on, like, their bodies because of mm. what they were doing. Mm. So I don't think they were probably using, like, sugar glass. They are probably, like, using stuff that could break and stuff, but it was still gonna hurt like hell yeah. to it's get through. Like
0: double pane glass, but it was still yeah. glass. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that you talked about is, you know, not just the fight scene themselves, but the, the other choreography that goes, just goes into like normal stuff that Jackie Chan does in the film, like taking phone calls and swapping between different phones and tangling up the, the phone lines. Um, which is funny. I mean, just (laughs) the way, so he's not just a good like fighter or stunt choreographer. He's also just good in general at managing that sort of physical element. You know, being in the scene, doing the physical stuff that's not... Maybe not a stunt, technically, but it's something else that you notice physically that he's doing. Um,
1: Charismatic, charming, you know. Yep. Which, again, makes the whole, like, what he was saying, you know, like, the whole chauvinistic, like, aspect, like... uh, Kind of at odds with... Yeah, like, I, 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 I guess... It'd be considered like chauvinistic today. I, it's probably like he was it was played for laughs, like you know, like oh ho ho, but,
0: uh-huh, women. <laughs> but
1: at the same time, like now, like especially with like how serious his character is and how caring his character is, mm-hmm. I, I find that you know, it definitely plays it odd with like who who his character is, you know. Mm-hmm. like, you know, if anything, you'd expect him to be like, I gotta apologize to my girlfriend because I pissed her off, you know, not be like, oh, she's a stubborn not."
0: Yeah, and she- it actually in that scene, too, that kind of goes against everything else, because then he, you know, he does this little wave in the courtroom at at her and mm-hmm. stuff in there, and, and it does seem a little bit at odds, so there's, like, some of the writing maybe, you know, goes against the actual character that you expect from Jackie Chan in this movie, but um, I think he does a great job with playing up that charismatic element. And you could argue that Jackie Chan is like the same character in every single movie he's in. You know, he's still you know, it's not like he's going to play something completely different when he's in it. He's he's still the same type of person. He's and even in this case, his name is char- Chan. Yeah, charming. You know, he's
1: charismatic almost, person. He's
0: almost you know. playing himself in in some certain aspects. I
1: would I would say compared to like some other films, he is like a little bit more arrogant in this.
0: Mm-hmm, at mm-hmm.
1: times you know um,
0: yeah. and
1: a little bit more I I do like at the end of this, in this film he like you know goes rogue like he gets broken by like what's going on like when his friend gets killed even though he was you know uh, Ma who even though betrayed him he you know they set him up for the murder and mm-hmm. even though everyone knows like he could never do that he goes off the rails he goes Bronson you know like mm-hmm. and he goes in and he hijacks you know hijacks the uh, the superintendent and uses him a bodyguard he's like I'm innocent I'm innocent and he's like hauling him off Yeah, you know and then just like the crazy nature that he gets into especially at the end uh, when we get to the end of the film where like it seems like justice is, isn't going to be quite served and you're like telling him like, don't do anything stupid he just goes and opens up a can of whoop ass and beats the hell out <laughs> of them regardless and then you just have the cops you know being like I didn't see anything yeah it's <laughs> just <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and the other scene that is really good is like that scene where he like kicks the pencil, too. And 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 some some scenes are not even like literally stunts, but um the scene where he's going through and making his noodles and the, yeah and using the pencils as the chopsticks and you know those are really good moments that are not like you would think like they're not really things stand out moments. They're not you know it's him eating noodles is not a standout moment in the movie, but the way that it's played up, it just becomes a, something that you remember about it that you wouldn't, you maybe not otherwise remember about a movie like this.
1: I would say he didn't spit it out because he realized he was eating with like the nasty erasers of a pencil. He spat out that ramen because he didn't put any seasoning. There was in the no pack. seasoning on it. Yeah, you could, it. You could see, like, there's just, like, clear just... water and ramen. And it's like, no wonder why you spat it out, Jackie. There's... Basically,
0: like, yeah, just like udon noodles or you something.
1: For, yeah, so you forgot to put the pack of seasoning on it.
0: <laughs> the erasers may have, may have seasoned it better.
1: <laughs> so, what do you think out of, like, all this stuff, action-wise in this film? Like, what do you think is, like, the best, like, coordinated action in this film? Um. You want to go, oh, go? Let's go. Like kind of bit by bit. Yeah, I mean. So you got the Shanty Town and the, the town and the gunfight. What did you think of the gunfight? The gunfight's not
0: bad. It's not the best. I would not call it the best choreographed parts of this. I think the gunfight them I, like I I wasn't really interested in anything that actually had gunfights to it. Um and I felt like they played up a little bit too much like the the guy, you know, obviously the guy who's running away. Yeah, like uh, scared and Stuff like that. I feel like that was almost like a little too on the nose. Um, so I, I would not call the gunfight the best part of that. Definitely. What,
1: what I will say when it comes to that, you're right, because I don't think it's a great gunfight. However, I do think it creates a great atmosphere and a great, like, tenseness that's going on because no one really gets killed or hurt. A couple people do, but not. it's not like a slaughtering. So it feels more, like, you know, more gritty, more realistic yeah. that you're seeing just like a couple people. But then after that, you got the hijack, and they're like to, to escape. You got the cars running down the shantytown. Yep. So, what would you think of that?
0: Yeah, the cars going through the shantytown is awesome. I think that's a really good. um, it, I, It's almost like a very surprising way that it, you know, it, it comes off very well in the movie. It, it looks great. Um. So, I might say that that's my favorite, Um. but we'll continue to go through the, the rest of them.
1: I like it a lot. It's. A little short. Cause it's only like a minute and a half that they go crashing through, but it's really cool. It's a really great idea because they had the roads blocked off, and they're like, "Oh fuck it, we'll just go driving through the shanty town." It just everyone goes barreling down through the shanty yep. town as it's going up in smoke because you see explosions going off, and it's but it's really cool. And then that leads into the next sequence, which is the bus sequence.
0: Yep, and the bus sequence is really good as well because it's it, it's innovative. You know, you have the umbrella sequence. Um, The one part that I will say that I, you know, when Jackie Chan is actually hanging off like the bus window and they continue like they're going up and like trying to kick him, kick him off and, you know, they're down in the window and try to push him off reminded me of that scene from Christmas Vacation where <laughs> he's on the ladder trying to get his bearings back on the ladder and he goes whoop, 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 with his hand like going back and forth uh, uh, in front of the ladder and then off the ladder that that, that sort of reminded me of it's it almost like Almost like slapstick comedy in that. I sense. thought
1: it was but. slapstick comedy almost for the one part because when he's hanging on there, the one guy like standing outside the window like fully, and then like kicking at him. It's, yeah. like, it's like you can't get him off from like fully kicking. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. With, like, are you kicking like a child? Yeah, like, I know. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, that, it's it's really cool how it's all choreographed, and it's a great like nice like five minute sequence of him like then ch- chasing the bus, hanging around, swinging around. Getting knocked off and you think it's over with and him leaping back onto the bus and then how he stops it's really cool too. Um But then after that it's about another twenty minutes and then you get the next action sequence, which is the like uh the fight in the parking lot with the cars. Yep. Thought that I like that a lot. hmm There's really good martial arts uh sequencing and I like the idea of them, like him rolling around the cars and stuff and
0: Yeah, it's just very energetic. And just, just, like, so much...
1: I never get sick of, like, listening to, like, the hits in this. Like, you know, how they have, like, the you know, like, you know, the you know,
0: very en- Very you know? enunciated hits. Yeah. And it
1: just sounds like, you know, like, he breaks a jaw every time he throws a kick, you know. But it's really cool. Not the best, but I, I think that, like, you know, adds a nice little spice. Because then it's about until the end where you get basically the mall sequence.
0: Yep. I mean, the mall sequence is probably the most elongated one of the, the film it, it does have a lot of elements to it. Um, there's a lot of choreography going on. Um, because it is more like fist to fist. Um, you know, man to man style fighting. Um, I like that one a lot as well. I still think I need to go with the... I think it's the car through the shanty. Which I thought was the most impressive. Um, and we didn't talk about the... Slide down the just electrical to, just light pole, yeah. which gets not one, not two, but three replays back to back to back in the film because they wanted you to see. They're like, you see this, you see Jackie Chan going down this pole? It's fucking impressive. He's going down this pole, electrical, you know, electrical stuff's happening all around him. We want you to see it twice. You get
1: second degree burns from sliding down. From yeah. And the explosions, but I mean, yeah, he slides down and he comes crashing through, through like a table. A, yeah. Or a, it's, it's more like like a, like a
0: jewelry stand or something yeah. like that. Um, it's a very cool scene for sure. Um, I do. It is interesting though. It's like almost meta at that point to like show it three times. Um, which kind of takes you out of the realism, I would argue, a little bit. I would
1: almost... I think it's fine. I just think it's it just comes off as weird because it's not something you see in, like, Western films. It's not, like, something, like, right. you know... Because this film, like, um, I'd say, has almost, at times, like, Italian direction, too, like, where you get the constant, like, quick flash-ups to, like, you know... Like, someone's face, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, you're watching, like, a Leone film, where it's, like, a quick, you know, pan up, and it's, like, holds there for a second. Get that quite a little bit in this film. You get a little replay. You yeah. know, I think it's, like, got, like, a whole, you know, stuff, like, you know, if you're not kind of, you know, if you just watch, like, you know, Hollywood films, you it's little stuff that you'd be like, why are they doing that, you know? Yep. But I, de- I definitely think that slide is cool. No wonder why he's so pissed off and angry by the end, you know. But that whole fight in the mall is just great. Absolutely great. It's, like, choreographed so well. Yeah. And, like, he just beats the living hell out of everybody. (laughs) And just watching him at that point when he's, like, off the deep end, you know, the model cop who's supposed to be, you know, being a model and doing everything by the book, by that point he's gone rogue because... God damn it, justice needs to be served. You can't have drug lords running around. That's right. <laughs> Which is basically the end, of, like, the whole point of, at the end. He's like, law protects him! We gotta fight! <laughs> and he just unloads, like, you know, he beats the fucking counselor up, and then he just, like, you know, throws like ten punches into the guy's gut, and then uppercuts like, him. <laughs> yeah. And he goes flying through, like, a jewel stand. <laughs> but it's awesome. And the film ends like that, with him getting held back, you know, <laughs> and the film just... End.
0: Yep, and yep, that's it. Yeah, just there's no real um there's no real conclusion here to what happens after. Your conclusion, your justice served is watching him get, you know, the fatal fists of fury punched into a glass container. That's 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 justice that. The audience is served. We don't need to see any of that other, you know, police justice in the court.
1: May, I say May during the, that fight, too. She gets her ass beat, too. She gets, like, kicked down two flights of stairs. Yeah, she does.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: If I were half that big, like, I remember, like, if you're like, go grab that big. Like, Fuck you. Last time I got kicked down some stairs. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? yeah. <laughs> got kicked down some stairs. No, thank you. You know? Yeah. But.
0: Yeah. Did we get everything? I think we got most of it that I can think of.
1: Thanks so,
0: about it. so um, on a scale of Oh, we, you know what we didn't talk about? Jackie Chan does the moonwalk, trying to get some some like uh, horse crap off of his
1: <laughs> shoes, and yeah, he does it well too. Yeah, he you know? does it well.
0: He's just kind of that, that just came up to me.
1: What a great, you know, uh, I I do like that. He gets moved off to like the rural part of the of the police force, of the Royal yep. Hong Kong Police Force, and he's <laughs> walking around, and then he steps in sh- some shit. and He's like, ah, trying yeah, to get it off. He does a very little...
0: smooth moonwalk. Alright, so on a scale of um, zero to ten birthday cakes to the face, what would you give Police Story? I'll
1: give it a nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. I love this film. Um, it's v- an hour and forty doesn't feel like it. Very engaging. It does start off hot, cools down for a little bit, but the action moments are delightful, and when you get to them, they are really big crescendos. And feel like he' the worth the wait. The story is bare bones, basic, as bare bones and basic as you can get of like any action film. But it's works well because I think the free. I think he probably had these ideas on action, and then was told somebody fill in the gaps. And then when you get those downtime moments, the slapstick. I think he does a really good job. He's you know a great physical actor. Obviously, and it works. I think like the whole like kind of char- like tonal shift in his character at points is a little off-putting, especially these days. But I think overall his performance is great. The choreography in this film is great. The stunts in this film are great. It's just a very engaging, enjoyable action film. Incredibly simplistic, but it works to the film's benefit, and it does it in all the right ways.
0: Yeah, I would give this, um, I was going to give it like an 8.5. It's a very fun film. Um, it has a lot of great moments, a lot of great stunt work. Um, I think Jackie Chan does a really good job here. Uh, you know, I think you can see in a little ways that, you know, he's still um, a budding director. He hasn't quite figured out all of the methods to, like, make it as smooth as possible for within this film. Um, and there are some direct direction issues that we have um, discussed, and I, th- I agree. I think like part of that is the the character himself, where there's sort of a juxtaposition sometimes between like his good guy character and the way that he's portrayed in some of the other slapstick moments. Um, but other than that, I think that you know the film does a really great job with setting up a very generic police plot that it doesn't really need to do anything else with it you know it's fine because it has a lot going on it's fine to just leave it at that and just you know expect the audience to go along with it and i think that they will because the first 15 minutes is very engaging to the point where you're you know if you've gotten through that action part and you're watching all these stunts and thinking wow this is really cool then you're going to go along with anything you're going to go along with the verisimilitude of the film and just you know they say this guy's bad, so he's bad, and we're just going to go with it. Um, not every film needs to be, you know, two and a half hours long of a backstory on villains and stuff like that. And I think Police Story really understands that, and it go, it, you know, it's showing you exactly what you need to see. And it has a lot going for it: It has a courtroom drama, it has slapstick, it has action and martial arts. Um, you really can't ask for much more within the confines of this plot. Um, so I think it does a really good job at all of that. And not only that, but Jackie Chan is just basically a presence every time he's on screen. You know, you're getting something different from him all the time. And as you said, he's a very physical actor. He has a lot of energy. That energy is pretty much translated to um, the viewer. So when you're watching it, it's just kind of electric. It's just like you're drawn to it. And I think that's what works so well about Jackie Chan's action output. That's, that's what makes it work. So someone else in this, in this role. A um, you know, a uh, you know, I I don't even want to say Charles Bronson, but uh maybe a Chuck Norris in this role would not have the the you know the draw that Jackie you Chan has. Have
1: neither the gravitas or like yeah. the I think like the imagination for yeah. like the action that's but because again, there's a lot of stuff that like if you watch like like if you watch a Jackie Chan film. There's a lot of, like, parts in the martial arts sequences which aren't copy and pasted, but, like, if you, like, watch this, then, like, you watch Rush Hour or whatever, you can say, oh, yeah, he used the environment like this or whatever. It's kind of similar, you know. But to me, like, it never loses its luster because he's just constantly coming up with new ways and how to create that action. Yep. And it's so, it's physical, it's real, it's it's there. It's not just explosions going off. Yeah. And that's what I think, even though, like, some of the films may have, like, these same kind of action setups with these fights, the imagination and then the execution that goes into it is never going to not be, like, just blow my mind and make me awestruck. Yep. And I think Police Story is one of the finer examples in his imagination and his direction. Um, I do think... He's as you said, like he, it's not like the best directed film, but I think that roughness does give the film credence. Mm-hmm. So but yeah. I think it does add to, a little bit to it because it makes it feel like a nice, like you know, little dirty old romp.
0: Yeah, fun times of police story. I definitely, very much enjoyed it. It definitely, you know, put me on track to to watch more of Jackie Chan's output and martial arts in general. So for next week, what were you thinking, or not next week, but the next episode, what were you thinking for, uh, for an, another movie?
1: I don't know. What'd you want to do?
0: I was thinking maybe, you know, uh, Chuck Norris's Invasion USA. There we go. Um.
1: Go right to the shit. <laughs> that's
0: right. Um, something like that. Um, or.
1: That'll be perfect because it'll be right, a- right after the fourth, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, th- I was thinking Invasion USA, um, think that one movie be I, I haven't seen it um have you no no i'm I'm sure you know we can expect the best from good old Chuck
1: listen, don't lie we're gonna doing red brown films for the rest of this
0: well we are going to do a red brown film <laughs> um I actually just got strike commando from uh from severin, so perfect timing I'll have to do that one um so.
1: Do they just like stumble upon these like film reels? Do they have like somebody like digging crates somewhere out in Hollywood? and yeah
0: they're
1: like hey, look what I found
0: yeah, they do um generally, they will buy the rights to the film and you know uh if they know that there's like an existing thirty five millimeter or something uh sometimes they do you know accidentally find it um it's hard to say exactly how some of these things come about, but, um, in a lot of them too, you know, now that people know that it's become a big business to, uh, you know, to get these 35 millimeter prints, especially like people, people, not prints, but the people really want the original 35 millimeter negative. Um, so if you have it, people are now to buy the rights to it. It's like, you know, money, 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 money um they they sort of know that now, um, and then if you don't have that, then maybe maybe you can get the inner positive or maybe you can get the inner negative or uh something like that, so where you know maybe you're gonna take a little bit of a um a drop in quality, but you know it might be cheaper than trying to find that thirty five millimeter
1: Do you know what I will say that I forgot to mention when we were watching this film? you know what this film made me think of that would have been a perfect opportunity in the eighties. To do what's that? A live-action Lupin with Jackie Chan as Lupin.
0: Yeah, that would have been a good, good. uh I think it would have worked. I
1: he has like, I I don't know who you would have gotten around him to be the cast. Yeah, but I, he could have been a great Lupin. Yeah, because he's charismatic enough. He can do the stunts, and you know, you could make him either be serious. You can have him be, you know, wacky. Yep. You know, because like it would the, worked. Because for the longest time, I thought the only person in my head believe it or not the only person in my head that i could think of for like the longest time that would make like a great Lupin third he's a little too old for it now but um the brother on iCarly, jerry trainer <laughs> he i think he, i think actually cuz he's he's actually a, a pretty good comedic actor and i think yeah. he, he could like if given the chance huh. could make like an interesting like lupon but i think like overall there's not like anyone that i'd pick out like some people are like oh jim carrey would be a good one i don't yeah. think jim carrey would be like good at all huh but you know, because you need somebody who's got like a good like slapstick, but also good action sets. Jackie Chan, I think, like after watching this, like would be kind. of, You know. Yeah, I
0: think Jackie Chan would be pretty good at that. You know. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. I said, who you would surround into, like for the rest of the gang, I couldn't tell you, and that'd be part of the problem. But that would be damn interesting. To, interesting to have seen. Would
0: be a nice alternate reality.
1: Because we still have to do that film one of these days. Yep. All right, so
0: uh, we will be back in two weeks with Invasion USA with Chuck Norris. Um,
1: Wait, can't we just review all of Walker?
0: <laughs> yeah, do it all. Just do, yeah. do, do the new one, too. No, the no new. Oh,
1: thank you. No one's watching that.
0: Um,
1: Is anyone watching the new Walker on D- the CW?
0: Apparently. I think it got renewed. So wow. Apparently they got <laughs> <laughs> You underestimate how much Jordan Padalecki can just bring in himself there's Fan
1: no girls. no no new seasons of the arrow but or riverdale
0: man riverdale's coming back oh
1: I that i yeah. don't know i don't i don't know these things i'm just throwing things out there <laughs> um
0: so you can catch us on itunes stitcher google podcasts um anything that you listen to your podcasts on we're on it subscribe to us leave a leave us a nice review um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Search for us, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We're on there. Follow us. Give us a like. Appreciate that. And you can write to us on um, our email address at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail dot com. Let us know what you want us to cover. Any uh, any suggestions that you have for us, we'll certainly take them into consideration. You can donate to us as well. We have a Patreon page. We have. Um, I, I think that Apple is putting out some sort of like subscriber thing from from um, Apple Podcasts, so if you can subscribe to us, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, donate to us, we would really appreciate that. It helps keep our uh, our podcast running, so anything that you can give is greatly appreciated. Other than that, we will be back in two weeks continuing our red-hot 80s action summer with Invasion USA. We hope you join us for that.
1: Take care.